right, Avalanche fans. Good morning and good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening. Thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And today, what do we have going on today? A prominent Colorado Avalanche player hits the ice for the first time in a while. We have more players testing positive. Maybe on a positive note, uh, there seems to be some negotiations be going going on between the NHLPA and the owners. And what exactly is a pigeon? We will get to all of that. But first things first, follow the show on the Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. On the Instagram, just search for Locked on Avalanche. And send any questions, comments, concerns, opinions to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. So who do we have that's returning to the ice? Miko Rantanen has finally returned to the ice, which is obviously good to see in this phase that we have where it's very limited. And I've said before, I don't get too excited about what phase two is. But it is somewhat exciting to see uh, Miko Rantanen back in a practice uniform, back out on the ice, just back in general. Because uh, he that was a nasty hit that he took that that kept him out for a while, and they 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 thought that they had avoided anything long term. And if there was playoffs, like they should have been, probably would have come back sometime during the playoffs. Uh, but like this, I mean, if there's one positive thing that's coming out of this, it's, you know, guys are getting 100%. And it seemed like he maybe is the last piece, because I think Colin Wilson is fine. Um, but we hadn't really heard much from Rantanen. So we know he's back in Denver. We know he's back on the ice. Seems to be all systems go for him. And whenever hockey returns, seems like, He's not going to be held back whatsoever. Nobody's going to be held back whatsoever. Everybody should be rearing to go. But now the question is, like we've said, is that going to happen? The NHL, this is two days ago now, released some info following some COVID-19 testing results. And I'll just read the quote. As of Monday, June 29th, the NHL has had in excess of two. 150 players report to club training or practice facilities for optional participation in Phase 2 activities. There have been in excess of 1,450 COVID-19 tests administered to this group of players. Think about that. 250 players have been tested over 1,450 times. Crazy. Those tests have resulted in a total of, excuse me, 15 players confirmed positive. So this is in addition to the uh, 11 players that tested positive. But those players tested positive outside of the, quote, phase two protocol. But it doesn't matter. They're NHL players and they tested positive. So um, they get added to that pile. So we now have 26 players who tested positive. That is not good. <laughs> this this is a virus that spreads with relative ease. 
from person to person. So having that many people, um, and there's nothing there to make it feel like it's really going to go down. Even though those players have been quarantined, because you still have players coming from their home countries and home cities. So again, we're in this wait and see moment. Um, but I, I will continue to hold my line of, I'll see it when a ref drops a puck. But I will say, you know, getting just seeing Rantanen out there, and and I, again, I'm not one to kind of nitpick these small little things and, uh, you know, blow them up. And I don't want to get my excitement <clears throat> up too much just to have it come crashing down. But it, it it does it does get you a little bit excited when you see you know one of the the best players on our team back on the ice. Now there's also news out there that Bowen Byram is going to be part of the Avalanche roster when and if the NHL returns to its playoff structure. Um, apparently he left. I I don't know if they, he left his home town or if he was still with his uh, team in WHL, the Giants. I don't know. I don't think he would, I don't have any reason to believe he would still be with them. Uh, wherever he lives, he was leaving there and heading to Colorado, is the report. Um, so he he will be there, but I, I don't know if he's going to play. This could be one of those things to just get him in Colorado, get him acclimated to the, the team, the facilities, the coaches, the players, kind of maybe just build up some camaraderie. Why not? Why not at least just bring him in um, and, I don't know, skate around a little bit? <laughs> he can't really do too much, but just get get his face in the facility and and get people to just kind of buddy up with him. And show him the ropes a little bit. I mean, he, he's going to be up there, obviously, sometime soon. So uh, every opportunity you have to kind of get him comfortable, you take it. So, uh, you know, getting all these guys back there, and, and, and that might drum up a little bit more excitement for me when you start seeing them come back uh, and and have these practices. And that's what I've said, you know, just when you get the training camp, quote-unquote, back then yeah then then that's a little bit more exciting than just a couple guys on the ice skating but that's exciting news you know one of our our top prospects on his way to Colorado hanging out with the team I'll take it see what he can do hang with the big boys for a little while so we'll see though it's still still a work in progress still uh up in the air and we just we just gotta be smart out there people if you want hockey back, we all need to be smart. Okay, so there there are uh, reports coming out that the the NHL and the uh, Players Association are closing in on a new collective collective bargaining agreement, um, which is kind of surprising because some people were thinking this now might take a little bit longer because of this whole coronavirus thing, but in fact, it's had the kind of opposite effect and. They are they're going to have to come up with ways to uh, fix the situation of, of losing all this revenue that they've lost uh, by by the league pausing and the suspension of play. 
So you would think, okay, like that's something that we have to talk about and it's going to take a while to really figure that out. But according to like reports, it's, you know, things are moving along nicely, which is nice to see. It's nice to see both sides of that really say, hey, we understand that this was a uh, literally once in a lifetime situation and scenario. and, And let's just come to the best possible agreement. And you don't have players or owners kind of nitpicking on things because that would just look really, really bad uh, on the part of the, of the whether it was the players or the owners, kind of getting greedy in this point in time. Um, so it's nice to see that. And obviously, well, there's two big things that I think are going to come out of this CBA, which really isn't up until another two years. So that's also nice to see is that they have some common ground here and and this won't even come into effect. Well, this might replace uh, the next two years. So there's some overlapping in the framework of it all. You know, I'm not going to get into like too much detail because it'll probably bore the crap out of you guys and girls. Um, But it will, if they get it done before next season, it'll overlap for a couple seasons. So I don't know how that will work, but regardless the the two big things, one of them, and probably the biggest one when it comes to players, is the whole escrow situation. If you are unfamiliar with the escrow situa- situation, in in layman's terms, the owners and the players split the league revenue 50-50. Whatever the, me- the league makes in revenue, it is split between the owners and the players, and it gets divided up. There's also this escrow, which is taken out of every single NHL player's pay that goes into a separate account. And if there's lost revenue throughout the course of the season, it's given to the owners. If there is no lost revenue over the course of the season, if it doesn't hit a certain, it's not just the owner saying we lost revenue, we want the money. No, it's not like that. There's a there's a, a a cap a limit. If it exceeds that limit in revenue, it just goes back to the players. So the percentage on what is put into the escrow account is always something that is fluctuating, and it's 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 sometimes an issue. It's sometimes it, it's not an issue. If the players get the money back, obviously it's it's not an issue. Um, but the the escrow can fluctuate, and when it it's been going, it's usually I think around like ten percent, maybe even a little bit lower than that. I'm, I'm thinking maybe it's in like the single digits. But they did something because of this coronavirus. Well, okay, so because of the money lost, that's what it is. Because of the money lost this season, that escrow could rise up to as high as 35%, which is crazy. Like that that much is coming out of each player's paycheck. And, you know, for someone like, you know, Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, Miko Rantanen, that's still a good chunk of change. Majority of guys don't make that kind of money. So wiping 35% off uh kind of, you know, the mid to lower level contracts and players it's a big deal. So there, that's going to be the biggest thing is to get the escrow under control. So let's see. Um, 
escrow withholding be for 2018-2019 was was 12.9%. Okay, so it was it that that's what they took out of players' paychecks. Every paycheck. And like I said, and that fluctuates. So that's the big thing when it comes to the players and the owners. They'll work that out, but that's the big thing uh, on the business side of it, which I enjoy paying attention to. A lot of people don't really care. What they do care about is what goes on on the ice. And kind of the big thing with that is what are they going to do with the Olympics? Are they going to skip it again? Are they going to play? And you can have that argument till the end of time. There will be people who are on both sides of that argument till the end of time. I understand both sides, but even understanding the side of not wanting them to play, I typically lean towards them wanting to play because I just love the Olympics and watching NHL players duke it out while they're representing their own country is just something that's just unmatched in my opinion. Sucks that it happens in the middle of the hockey season. I believe the NBA lucks out. Even I think the NBA is still going to the uh, Olympics, aren't they? I'm pretty sure that, yeah, they are. And they kind of luck out because it's not really during their season. So lucky for them. For us, it just happens to be smack dab in the hockey season. And that's always, I get why the owners, you're losing two weeks of, of revenue from that. Uh, but We'll see. I think those are the two big things that they're going to be talking about. There'll be things here and there that they have to kind of nitpick on and and figure stuff out. And if they're doing this now, if they're talking about this stuff now, I have every reason to believe that they'll figure it out because they have a couple of years before this CBA is up. So things are looking and pointing in the right direction. It seems like everybody's coming to the table uh, wanting to get something done, and nobody's really pulling for too much because hockey's pretty much you know is what it is you kind of know what your revenues are going to be and you know you don't really have and there's going to be a new um tv contract which espn might get involved in that you know how i feel about them but if they have a contract with the nhl they'll promote the hell out of the nhl because that's what they do if you have a contract with them you will get promoted uh but I, why would you not want to go to ESPN? You have a lot of eyes on that on that network. So, a lot of stuff going on. So, you you mean we're thinking about yeah getting back on the ice, and we have to do that and coronavirus and stay safe. And oh yeah, we also need to come up with an agreement between our players' union and our owners. And it seems like they're doing that. So, good on you, everybody. And finally, uh. Over on the score, they did a, uh, a quick, it's a one minute, I'm going to play the clip for you here, with Nathan McKinnon and Mark Shifley. And I've heard the term before. I've, I've heard the term pigeon before, people being called a pigeon. I never really cared too much to really look up exactly what it meant. Um, but the score does this one thing where the they have a couple players, <coughs> in this case, McKinnon and Shifley, and they are holding a tablet and they're going to explain some form of hockey terminology. They don't know what it is until they turn that uh, tablet around and see the word and then they have to explain what it is. So Shifley and McKinnon got pigeon and if you don't know what it is, I'll let them describe it. And I just thought of this before I get to it. 
think once it starts, you got about 40 seconds to pick who you think on the Avalanche roster uses the term pigeon more than anybody. Think about it. Here we go. Hey, I'm Mark Trifley. Hi, I'm Nathan McKinnon. Today we're going to learn about pigeon. Pigeon. <laughs> pigeon. Uh, pigeon is a bird. It's when a puck flies over a couple of people. A pigeon is someone you don't respect, maybe a bit of a bench warmer. I think what it derived from is kind of the lower end of a bird. It's more of a friendly thing. Pigeons don't do a whole lot, they're kind of just annoying. Mostly just a fun way to jab at each other. Best captain in the league, Mario Giordano. Pigeon. Every guy in the entire NHL has been called a pigeon at least once. JVR. Pigeon. Pigeon! Woo! 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 just thought it was the funniest thing ever. I know he enjoyed it. It could go from calling someone a pigeon to a pidge to a pidgey. Someone on the team who uses pigeon a lot would be Nikita Zadorov. He thinks he's a Nick Lidstrom, so calls everyone a pigeon. If someone sees like a pigeon on the street, you, know, you take a picture of it and send like our team Snapchat group and refer to one of the boys. I think that's always the you know, good memory about talking about a pigeon. <laughs> All right, so Zadorov, is anybody surprised? I'm willing to bet the vast majority of you picked Nikita Zadorov as the person who uses that term more than anything, but kind of fun, kind of cool. Uh, I, I knew I, I could have guessed maybe that's about what it what, what it meant, uh, but they pretty much hammered it home on uh, what it meant. Kind of some fun ripping. I think that's hilarious about how you just see a pigeon on the side of the street somewhere, you will take a picture of it and send it to the guy who you consider a pigeon. I mean, it's, uh, that's hockey. So funny. Uh, who, who, who would you consider if you were out on the ice playing against fill in the blank, who would you throw that term out to? I'd love to know. Shoot me a line at Twitter, LOPN underscore avalanche, or send it to, uh, the Gmail locked on avalanche at gmail.com be it for today ladies and gentlemen uh we will see you on friday stay safe out there if anything happens you can find me on uh, twitter usually put it up there relatively quickly uh, and other than that be safe out there everybody here's jovi go abs go